Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Rusty Quill presents. Hey everyone, Alexi Talander here, and welcome to our bonus content as we work on putting Ostium Season 6 together. We're continuing with our Behind the Ostium series as we go in-depth with the making and discussion of how each episode of Ostium came to be, as well as much more. I am joined by Dwayne Farver, a big fan of the show and creator of the spin-off podcast, Manifestations. If you enjoy the Behind the Ostium series, you can get full access to over 50 episodes right now by supporting Team Ostium on Patreon at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. You'll also get access to a bunch of other bonus content on there too. Once again, that's patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. We'll continue working on getting Ostium Season 6 ready for release in 2022, but for now, sit back and enjoy another episode of Behind the Ostium. Okay, so you want to start talking about uh, how you started with manifestations and your world building with that? Sure. Um, so, again, I, I was even actually uh, clicking around Patreon the other day, and I noticed the first message where we were talking about um, writing my own Ostium door story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and it took me back to, I was on a plane coming back from a, a, a work visit to Minneapolis. And, <laughs> and I just, and I just pulled out my phone and started typing. Um, and we, we have a town near where I live called Centralia. Um, and there was a mine fire under it. Uh, and the state made the people living there move. Um, there's a couple holdouts that actually do still live there, but for the most part, everybody's gone. So you can go there, and the streets are are cracked and overgrown with grass and trees. Um, most of the places, you can't even tell that there was even a town there. Um, from the air, you still can. Um, like, one of the sections of road had to be diverted, and they, they built a new road because it was just cracked and at, at the the height of the fire the um there was constant uh smoke coming from out of the the, these cracks on the road um now it's called graffiti highway because kids go there and and tag it with their graffiti um but the centralia just struck me as you know a relation to ostium it's an empty town it was this town was abandoned but um still more or less an empty town so have you um, visited before have you had a chance to go visit Sure. Yeah, it's only about twenty minutes yeah. from where I live. Um, when we and visit, you are allowed to and everything. They're not like barred from going inside. They they have the only area they don't allow you to go is Graffiti Highway. So if you're there, um, technically, I, I think you could be um, asked to leave or possibly fined. But I've seen buses of tourists show up and walk uh-huh. down and walk down Graffiti Highway. Um, there's um, two um, graveyards that are still there. They haven't wow. moved. They haven't moved any of the the residents of the graves, um, and there's still a church that is nearby. Um, I believe they're actually trying to find new people to run the church. It's currently not being used. Um, wow. So was this something you uh, kind of learned about as a kid, and it kind of developed into an ominous place? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it is kind of ominous in a way. Um, yeah, just just growing up, you heard about. It. I mean, I remember seeing mm-hmm. it on on the news when I was young. The um, you know when it was still had a couple houses and people were were still leaving. It was 
before I was born when um, most of the uh, the controversy was going on. It was a big... Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the the residents didn't want to move. They thought the state was like doing a land Overdue, grab, yeah. so mm-hmm. that they could get the mineral rights under the town. And I'm like, the, whatever minerals are under the town are on fire. They're they're no good to anyone. Um, so so yeah, the uh, the the thought of grow when I was growing up, the thought of Centralia was, it's just a place you drive through to get to somewhere else because there was really, um, I, actually I think there's still an abandoned post office as well. There, there's nowhere mm-hmm. to stop and do anything other than, like I said, people would just tour it. Um, you know, it was a, a tourist spot now. Um, there are people that take ATVs um, since it is old mining land. There's trails that people um, take ATVs on. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it was it was the if I was going to go through an, an ostium door, I'm like, well, that made a lot of sense to me. Right. Um, you know, to to see the um the day of there, there's actually some controversy as to how the fire started um so i for my story i picked one of the theories that most people seem to go with um mm-hmm. and but as i was writing my story as i was starting on the plane i was like i don't want to plagiarize the mechanics of ostium even though this was an ostium <laughs> door story i i, I felt right. wrong doing that so my character just found himself um, in a, a null, void, all-black space and then is transported to Centralia. He doesn't realize it at first, but um, he, he notice, notices some road signs. And, and for, the, for the sake of my Ostium Door story, I was writing first person. It was me. I was in the story. Um, the character was me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the... The person in the story sees the road signs, and it's a very common intersection. If you mentioned the roads to you know anybody near where I live, most of them would probably know. Oh, yeah, that's Centralia. Um, mm. Now, did you uh, choose like put yourself kind of in the story as a first person to to kind of help you write the story? Yes, that that was a big um, a big way for me to find out what the character would do next. How would the character react mm-hmm. is because that's how I would react. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it was a, it was a very, I don't want to say clean way for me. Right. I didn't have to, mm-hmm. I didn't, well, how would this person, this character that I'm writing react? How would I want them to, re- it was just, how would I react? Um, right. So I do, if, if I'm put in a stressful situation, I go into like a sort of mental triage where I, I go through the, you know, I, I, I sort of take stock of the situation. Here's what's going on. Here's what I need to do immediately. If there's something going on that needs to be changed, you know, that's the thing that you focus on. It's a very, um, I don't want to use the word Vulcan, but it's kind of a very Vulcan aspect. <laughs> you know, just a very structured, logical way to... Right. Form um, to ha- yeah. Yeah, to handle a stressful yeah. situation. Step Obviously, by step, and yeah. Yeah, finding yourself in a, a, a some past situation that, and my character didn't really choose to go through an ostium door. He just found himself mm-hmm. there, so that's kind of stressful. Um, so yeah, it was uh, just the and then as I was writing the story, what did Centralia, Centralia look like in the past? So I tried to describe it from 
uh, like some photos that I, I know I, I've seen and uh, every once in a while still the local news channels will, will have a, you know, stock footage from, from Centralia. Um, the, uh, the thing that always strikes me um, is that there was a gas station and the gas in the, the ground in the, that was in the tanks in the ground was, um, I forget exactly how hot it was, but it was hotter than gas should probably be. Um, so yeah, that was very, um, so that was one of the things that I, as a child, I do remember, um, was that the, the gas and, and like people, the carbon monoxide was going into people's homes through their basements. Um, uh, and there was in my story, uh, I, I mentioned Todd and he was the only person who ever fell through a crack in the ground as it opened up. Um, and it was in, I want to say the winter and he was wearing a heavy jacket and that pretty much saved him. The, the jacket was ruined, but, um, he didn't get any significant burns. Um, uh, so yeah, there, the, the people from Centralia were reluctant, let's just call it that to move. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, moving on from, from that part of the story, I was just thinking, what what main thing would my character need to see that would trigger them to know this is the day um this is when the the theory of when the the fire started the something's going to happen that's going to cause it um and the theory one of the theories is that uh, at the local landfill every once in a while they would do a controlled burn um and instead of putting it in an incinerator they would just have an open fire um, but there, they would put a, the, when they created the landfill, there was a clay barrier beneath it. And one of the theories is it was damaged or it wasn't installed properly. And that allowed the fire that they were burning in the garbage to spread down into the vein of coal, which was very close to the ground, uh, to the surface of the ground. Um, and, uh, so that's what my, my character sees as the, the fire department going towards the landfill to do their controlled burn. Um, and as I got to, and I want to say I got to that part while I was on the plane, I, I wrote a good wow. 80 to 90% of my story was done on that short flight from Minneapolis to Philadelphia. Um, That's good. But they, they do say if you're, when you're doing a short story, if you can't do it all in one go, because that way it'll be a much more complete flow an idea that you're trying to get out i want to say the only thing i didn't finish was how the how the story wraps up mm-hmm. and um so the the wrap up i was like how do i get him out of there um and then it just struck me i was like well what if he's not really there what what mm-hmm. if it's what if it's a uh and i plagiarized quantum leap but i i had to um <laughs> you know what what if it's just his mind that's in the body of someone that's in centralia um and again, I wanted to make it a little different than, than Ostium, uh, mm-hmm. the, the mechanics. So as he's being lowered into a car, sitting in a car, he notices his reflection a la Quantum Leap mm-hmm. isn't his own reflection. Right. And, and once he sees that, that's when he starts getting pulled back into that, that null space, the, the darkness area. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was it. That was my story. That was that was my ostium, my my fanfic, my door story. That's all it was supposed to be. 
But um, so so it's like a classic example of the the bottom up approach, starting with a small place and a character and kind of developing it from there, and not necessarily doing too much world building outside of what's happening to that character in Centralia with this event. Absolutely. I didn't need to do anything else in the world because I had no plans to write it. It, I only needed to focus on the immediate um, situation of the story. So definitely bought. But at the same time, you've also set up some interesting things that I definitely piqued my mind of like all our explore further with this strange blackness thing and how it's not really there and everything. It makes you want what, what, you know, where does that go from there and why is that happening and stuff like that? You weren't the only one. Uh, I let a couple <laughs> other, I let a couple other people read it. Um, like my friend, my good friend Matt, and uh, I have a friend at work. Uh, her name's Tracy. Um, she's a she's a real book hound. Um, she reads a lot, <laughs> and she she read it, and she's like, "Well, what happens next?" And I'm like, "That's it. That's it. That that's my story." Um, and my and my friend Matt was the same way. So, you know, well, where would where would he go next? Um, and and I'm not sure. Um, I did a lot of research on post-World War II Europe, um, mm-hmm. and because my father was there, um, he was in the constabulary forces after World War II, um, so I was going to write a story, just a very quick story, same as mm-hmm. my, my Ostium Door story, um, in somewhere in France in, in post-World War II, mm-hmm. um, but things changed. Obviously, my my story changed um, because I got from everybody, you know, well, what happens next? You know, that was well, the I was, big I was thing. Because we started this with where you're putting yourself in the story and trying to find out what story you wanted to tell with it. Um, and you thought it was going to be about Centralia and that whole, you know, what went on there and what this person was trying to do to, to get the people to react to it. And then along the way, as you did that, you all of a sudden opened it up further with this blackness and what was happening to that character who wasn't really there and basically created your own separate story that you didn't even know you were going to. Exactly. There, There's a story that came out that I didn't even know wanted to be told. And I know that <laughs> right. I know that's very cliche, but um, and I've heard but it. It's and... also writing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and until it happened, I didn't understand how that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and the key is to to uh, to kind of go with it when you're feeling that, and and try not to be afraid, or try not to to control it too much, and just kind of let it go, and trust your intuition and what your what your fingers want to write. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So, so World War Two. I still have the notes. Um, I won't say that'll never. I won't say that'll never get written. Um, but as of right now, the character is definitely not me. Um, I wanted mm-hmm. to add. I wanted right. to add some space so that I could feel more open to have the character do things that I wouldn't. Exactly. Um, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, so. That's that when I started writing the larger parts of the story, 
is when I started to keep a separate document, um, just started a Bible, especially when I started dealing with timelines, you know, when things happened Mm -hmm. in relation to others, I wanted to make sure I wasn't um, contradicting myself, number one. Right. um, Mm -hmm. Which would be very, very amateurish, and I'm sure I would catch it if someone did it. (laughs) So I want to make sure I don't do that. And and I just wanted to make sure that when I um, decided that this character would act this way, I I came up with, you know, a personality profile. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I came up with a a personality profile for the Mm -hmm. character so that as I was writing in the future, I would know, oh, this is how he reacted before. It's probably how he would react again. Um, So a lot of this is all done. This is before you even started writing any of the scripts, right? um, As I started writing the first episode is when it Mm -hmm. struck me that I needed to get a little more structured. I need Um, to do the the top-down kind of method of getting it, creating more of the world and everything. Yep. So so I started writing, and that's when I realized um, I needed to just plan a little bit. And it wasn't um, a full-on outline. Uh, I don't think I've done outlining for any of this. I just took mm-hmm. a lot of notes. Um, like if I was, a, like you said, during your day job, uh, you, something strikes you. So um, I would just yep. jot, down, jot down a note um, and, yep. and then transcribe it at night, um, put it into the, bi- the, the show Bible, and then go from there. And then as I was writing the story, I would have that sitting off to the side and I could, Oh yeah, that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, then write the scene. Um, that's what I've got. I've got a little notepad, um, app on my phone where I just jot down stuff during the day. If it's something where I think I probably will not remember that later. So I need to do that. I even for a little while was recording little, um, voice recordings, but I found it easier just to type little notes. I've, I've done that. I was driving the other day and Mm a, I've been, listening to a lot of music to, to use in the podcast. And, um, I got to a point and I'm like, I can't take my hands off the wheel. So I used the <laughs> Google assistant to take a note uh-huh. for me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Just, um, so yeah, the, the world building definitely, once I started writing the story took a top down, I was like, I need mm-hmm. to know what's going on so that I can explain it through the eyes of my character. Um, the story is definitely first person, for the most part, um, it was intended to be only first person, but it got to a point, um, just a little over halfway through where I was like, this other character is a character. I can't, um, like the char- the, the main character does deal with other people to a very, um, small degree, but they don't, they didn't need their own voice. My character can relate what's going on first right. person in the story just through the narrative. But then it got to a point where I was like, this is just too hard to write. And then this character says this and, and then they said, yeah. That. So then it just, I just like, all right, I'm just going to transition. It's a very hard transition. I don't, well, maybe not. I, I like the way that I ended up doing it. Um, so that the first character you hear, um, with their own voices is this other character. And it's truly really the only other character, um, mm-hmm. that I yeah. plan on writing right now. Um, but yeah, once, once I started in the world of the, uh, uh what is it called? The reset, right? In, this particular in the thing. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Um, um, of course in this, um, 
top-down approach, I did come to the realization that I haven't given anyone a reason to like the character or relate to the character. Mm-hmm. So that's when I wrote the the prologues um, that actually deal with the character before he ends up mm-hmm. in Centralia. Right, so some kind of grounding and, and stuff that can be relatable for the listeners. And and planting little seeds, um, hopefully. Mm, right. Yeah. <laughs> and they're they're very short, um, which is one of the reasons I, I, I'm going with a compressed schedule and I'm going to release right. um, two episodes a week. Um, uh, I, I think I'm going to keep the two episodes a week even when I get to the longer episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as I can keep on schedule, yes. Right. <laughs> That's the key. <laughs> The, the only thing I didn't touch on um, with the writing possibly was uh, my story takes the character from Centralia, which is in the past, to a world mm-hmm. in the in the future. Um, and I went I went that direction because that would allow me a little more freedom in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with history, I have to be accurate. It's history; people can look yeah. it up. Um, if it's in the future, I'm making it up, and I only have to be accurate to myself. Especially when um, it's like an alternate world type of thing, too. Yeah, you make it all up yourself. <laughs> right, right. So in in my future, society is much different. But I wanted it to be a a place that the listeners would say, I don't think that's such a bad place. I think I would be mm-hmm. okay living in that world. But the world went through a lot to get there. Right, um, to get there, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, what. And then the... a, lot, a lot of your uh, social media posts you've been releasing, kind of leading up to it, about different events and science stores and things. But there's research then as well, or they um, they were meant to be, uh, and I didn't expect anyone to be following until after the <laughs> show was out. Mm-hmm. Just like with any other show that I, I start, oh, that's a new show. I'm going to start listening to that. I go to their right. social media and I go back and I look at mm-hmm. what, you know, what they may have posted. Okay. And, mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm hoping people do that with, with my show. Um, so you've got little seeds along the way that you've kind of done to lead up to it. So yes. Be, yeah, um, and story that way. And the, the way that I'm releasing it, I'm, I'm at least saying that what you're seeing is being related on the Twitter of 2019 from a future event or from a future place or or i don't want to call them a company or a corporation but a a future group that is sending this information back right um uh, i I mean i know still right now you're finishing up putting it all editing all together and everything but have you uh entertained any thoughts about a, a second season or what you might do next i i actually took some notes on season two mm-hmm. and um the the i think it's going to it'll be it'll it'll definitely be a time jump it won't take place immediately after season one um i guess i don't really need to know that yeah i don't want to have you force you to give it away detail so much but just kind of and what's as a when you're writing and looking to write it and approach to it is it going to be kind of like this where you're going for from a top down or bottom up or or for world building i don't know that i would want to I don't know that I would want to create um, a new world. I've already got I've already got one, um, yeah. so I, I'm going to play in this world. I'm just okay, going cool. to uh, yeah I'm just going to expand, 
and mm-hmm. and show some aspects of it. Because uh, because that's the, I mean I've had the uh, rare privilege to read all the scripts and everything, so I know where it goes. So that's what I would love want to because I want more of this interesting world. Well, well, you'll see it from a very different vantage point. That's always good. That's what uh, uh, Brandon Sanderson likes to do too when he has uh, um, one of his other term it's called. It's a, some of the other series where he'll do a trilogy. He say, well, yeah, there's more books I've got to write. I'll just need to get to it. And then when he goes to write those books, it's 100, 300 years in the future when everything's kind of, it's the same world, but everything's kind of, you know, advanced and changed. That That's interesting. <laughs> that's yeah. a, that, that is a little bit what I'm doing. Um, maybe, maybe not quite along <laughs> those exact lines, but yeah, similar. Mm-hmm. A different, uh, different angle. Uh, so, have you got anything else you wanted to cover for manifestations? I th- I would describe it a I would describe it as a slow burn. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's definitely. De- it's mm-hmm. definitely, um, and, and I did mention that the character is no longer based on me, but at least right. in the yeah. at least in the first two to three major episodes, not the prologue, um, where the character is finding out where they are and exactly what has happened. Yeah. I was about to talk about that, yeah, because I like that you don't do, which I think I mentioned before, about the immediate res, where you're just throwing you in the middle of everything, and the listener is just really confused and kind of lost um, as they try to find their footing. Because you start with the character not really knowing what's going on, and the great, and that's a thing common used in by authors too, because then the the character has to find out and learn, and the reader or listener gets to learn all along with them. Exactly. Um, I just hope that some listeners don't find that monotonous or, or tedious. No, I don't think um, so. That's a common. It's a common style of, of especially in uh, the uh, speculative genres. The uh, the story is something that I'm I'm hoping I made interesting enough that. I'm giving out just enough information that makes people want to learn more about what happened um, right. and, and how it fits in with, with, uh, with where he is and, and what's going on in the story at the present, because it, it's obviously we've said it's in the future. Um, and he, li- he, he finds out what has happened in between 2019 and where he's at. Um, mm-hmm. So things change, things change a lot. And he is, I'm trying not to give too much away. He, he wants to do the right thing, but he doesn't know exactly what that is. <laughs> um, he, he's, he knows he was in Centralia. Um, that's not going to give too much away. Um, actually, I don't mind teasing or, or spoiling that episode. Um, and that he wasn't himself there. And when he's, when he's in the future, um, we, we shouldn't expect anything different mm-hmm. as, as far as further world building. Um, I just released the, the second teaser today. Um, noting that I was going to be in, uh, Manhattan at flame con in a few weeks. Right. And and I thought instead of just having a, you know, me sitting in front of a microphone saying that this is where I'm going to go, what if I build it into the story? So, um, right. I, I actually give coordinates, and that's the hotel where the convention's at in, 
uh, if anybody cares to Google them. Uh, and then the, I mean, the, the, and this is the second trailer you released, and it's kind of like, it's almost like outside characters that are not really going to get to meet in the main story, is it? We don't meet them in season, uh, right. in season one. Um, That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I was like, oh, this, it... kind of, this is spilling the world a little more and showing something that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Um, at least I, I still have the very last episode to finish writing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, all the other audio is recorded. I just need to edit. So um, I'm 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 happy with where I'm at. I'm probably behind, but I'm I'm pretty much happy where I'm at. Um, so yeah, the um, the characters that I used there um, are from a different point in time from season one. Um, now, do you have their their story or what's going to happen with them worked out, or is that just something you wanted to do? do for I, this I have the trailer. No, I have I have some notes. Um, mm-hmm. it, it may not be those exact characters, but the mm-hmm. situation that they're in, uh, what they're doing, um, is definitely something that I'm going to touch on in in the next season. So it's a fun little titillation. <laughs> yes, more. and I, I like I said, I didn't plan to do it, but I. Right. When I, whenever I think that, I just think I didn't plan to do any of it. So the, it just keeps yeah. evolving and growing on its own. But because um, you you've already kind of world built it around of what the structure is going to be and how it is, you're able to do things like this and have it not you know break the world or anything like that or grow out of it. Um, you're able to stick with what the framework you've already created. I, at least I hope so. Yes. Yeah. 